Welcome to the New Model Advisor podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mark Sanderson from Platform Premium to discuss the Platform Premier League. For those who don't know, our Platform Premier League is a fun feature where we compare advisor platforms to the top 20 football clubs in England. Mark is here because he's unhappy with who we have compared Premium with. So we're going to discuss that today. Mark, uh, first off, who have we compared you to and why are you unhappy with that? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me, Charles. So we've been compared to, to West Brom. Um, and it would be an obvious statement to make that we have an office in Coventry and a lot of our team don't, they're more Aston Villa fans. So that's probably the first reason why. Um, look, I think unhappy is perhaps strong. Um, we, uh, there's nothing wrong with West Brom. Um, that's a very that's, low... that's good to hear. <laughs> Are you a West Brom fan? I'm not, but my dad actually is. So I do have a soft spot for West Brom. Um, and maybe we'll get onto that in a little bit. Yeah. Well, look, so, so West Brom, that's a really well, well-supported club that plays good, that's known for playing good football. So if Premium is, is known as a, a well, you know, well-supported firm that does things well in the way they should be done, then that's not a bad comparison at all. Um, I think more than anything, it just speaks to the fact that a lot of people still don't really know a lot about premium and, and who we are and, and what we do. So I think that's that's probably a bigger a bigger part of it. So I mean, my first contention, as I sort of mentioned, there was actually, and you touched upon it there. The West Brom isn't a bad comparison. There's some nice, a nice football side and some nice players at the moment. They've been a little bit unlucky at the start of this season, yeah. and they have a good manager in uh, Billich. Absolutely. Well, so, sorry. So, in ter- terms of the uh, comparison with uh, the club, um, where would you say you're most different? Different from West Brom? Um, I think one of the things about Premium and probably, again, how we would think about it, so we had quite a lot of fun thinking about this. We, we love the, the, the feature. We think it's really fun and, and we talk about it a lot. It gets a lot of our Slack channels buzz. Um, with the football badges but but we um, I think premium is, is is a bigger business than than it looks on first blush and I think that's probably where we would differ most from from West Brom I think the optics of premium probably in the UK is a relatively small business but when you look at the business a bit closer um, you realise that you know we're a Australian listed business um, you know we've, we've got a long history and some very good clients all over the world, including the UK. And um, yeah, so we're, we're bigger than people think we are. So how many assets do you have? So on custody, in, under administration, we have $31 billion, it's Australian dollars. So that'd be about, um, what, 18, 19 billion sterling. And how much is that in the UK? Um, there's 2 billion in the UK. So one of the, I guess, smaller in the UK, but you do have this global presence. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we see ourselves as a as a global business. That's what we that's what we think about. Um, and you know, the, the, there's almost a sense with us where we are steadily trying to grow the business with the right partners. It's not, it really isn't a land grab. That's not not our intention. It's not our style at all. Um, we tend to work with a you know, an, an increasingly growing group of, of sort of like-minded firms who are innovative and 
and and who want all the, the basics done right and done well and um, but also are keen to innovate and do something different and a bit more uh, a bit more exciting so if i was an advisor coming to you saying i'm considering you using you for my clients what would you say you you offer differently to someone else so so as i say we we know that you get all the base you have to get all the basics right mm. and so service has become this ubiquitous statement good service that people make that's official you know that you just have to offer good service but then the nature of our business allows to, to take that further. And that's really our story, right? We like to take things just that bit further. So let me take service as an example. In every region we operate, advisor firms have a named and known group of people they can speak to. As much as we're a tech-focused business, you can speak to a person. But we also have this idea of follow the sun. Because we're a global business, we'll often find that our firms and our partners in the UK might be preparing for the week on a Sunday and shooting off some emails, expecting a response on the Monday morning. But because our Dubai teams work on a Sunday, they'll get a response uh, there and then. Because we work across time zones, you know, there's very few times in the week where you can't reach someone at premium. And that's what I mean, taking that baseline idea of good service and just taking it that bit further. So does that global effect helps you in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of ways in which our global um, our global nature helps us, not just in service, but, you know, I think what most people know about premium is we, we build our own tech. We're a proprietary tech shop. Um, we, we don't, um, we, we're not reliant on, on others um, to, to develop our roadmaps and build our tech. And so we're responsive. And that means we can take the best ideas from all of our markets, whether it's Hong Kong, whether it's Australia, whether it's the UK, and we can share it um, across all of our advisor communities because thematically advisors face the same challenges everywhere in the world. Yeah, and I suppose if I was an advisor hearing this, this is obviously very positive, but is there a risk then that I might say, well, are you not just focused in other markets? If the UK is your smallest one, you perhaps don't have as much attention on this um, country as you do in areas where you do have more assets. I think um, what I would always say to people about that is look at our growth story in the UK. Now, if you look at um, not just our growing market share, there was some data last week showing a year-to-date growth of 1.4% at a time when premiums growing at 14%. But more than that, like because that's just the data, right? That's the numbers. If we think about the how our advisor community rates us, so when you get the, the quarterly ratings that come out, we've been um, second of in the top, certainly the top two or three, every single quarter that we've been rated. And, and that's earned, and that's come from what our advisors say about us. And, and so I'm not beyond what our community says about us, our advisors say about us, our partners say about us. Um, that has to be our focus, you know, what they think of us. And if, if they continually, consistently, continually rate us highly, then, then we are happy we're doing the right thing. If there was an advisor who came to you with a particular, what kind of client would you say it would suit? Would it suit a client who uses a managed portfolio service? Or would it suit more a client with bespoke investments? So we, we've got a track record of um, 
discretionary and NPS. And that's that's a, that's what where we come from. So we yeah. the way we deliver our tech gives a great experience for NPS and, 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 and discretion portfolios. And, and we've won an award in the UK for being the best discretion platform. Um, and we've got great relationships with the, the discretion investment managers um, all over the UK. So I think that is absolutely something um, we do really well. But also when you work with the types of firms we work with globally, like the Morgan Stanleys and, and, and the large private banks as well, you know, we, we have a, a, something we talk about internally about, you know, being able to do, the, being able to be the platform of, of everything. Mm. And so, um, so look, absolutely, that is our strongest, that is our strongest area. But that doesn't mean that if you're a firm who is, is, runs an advisory model or runs, a, um, uh, runs advisory in the pure sense that we can't work with you, it's actually more about the type of firm as opposed to the expression of the CIP, I think. And how would you define that type? So f- first of all, firms that, again, take it for granted that every platform they would interact with has to do the basics right. You have to get that right. But firms who are also want to be innovative. You know, we have this thing about, and I I know our clients say this about us, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Because if you take yourself too seriously, you can't be creative and you can't innovate. Because you're too afraid of what people might think about that. So our firms tend to think of us like that. But we take things like client money very seriously. You know, so our clients expect, the types of firms expect they're going to do those things right. But they also, they themselves are innovators. They themselves think about their own business models and, and, and how they can progress and how they can do new things. Um, and that, that's the type of firm we, we, we tend to work with. I mean, this all sounds very good uh, and interesting, although I do wonder if you're not quite convincing me that you're not West Brom here, because you are reminded <laughs> me a little bit of someone like um, Gareth Barry, who had a, who ended his career there, or um, Darren Fletcher, who these sort of work working midfielders who keep things ticking over, um, doing everything, um, maybe not the most spectacular name, but keeping the team going um i did wonder if we could actually come back to proprietary technology briefly there because that is a big topic in the platform market right now um how important then is it because you obviously everyone will say their way of doing it's better so if you outsource you say it's better because we need to plug and play and all this if you don't outsource you say it's better to have proprietary can you explain why you genuinely think it's better to own your technology for me, the, and for our clients, it's that responsiveness. We are not asking people to wait for the Christmas present that is the next release. We release every two weeks. We have a constant dialogue with firms that we work with, not just the IFAs, but partner firms, DFMs and others, about what's required and what's needed. And, and then we can focus on those things. And, and we don't... It's not about joining a queue. And that means we can do things. So I read this article at the start of the year about what will what will uh, financial services look like in 2030. And a common theme was machine learning and artificial intelligence. 
by that point, we've been using artificial intelligence and machine learning in a live production platform to build client engagement with advisors. And we can do things like that because the tech's proprietary. There isn't, there isn't this stalemate, this innovation stalemate or these competing voices. It's a collaboration um, amongst us and all of our, our sort of community of clients and partners that, that determine the roadmap. To me, that's a, that's a very powerful thing. So can you explain how you use uh, AI and machine learning? Because that's obviously uh, a very interesting topic right now, but it does seem that it's something that's hard to explain to the, to the everyday, you know, someone like me. Yeah, so, so look, um, a lot of people like the badge of artificial intelligence. So, you, I mean, you can out the box now get AI packages from Microsoft. Like, that all exists. Um, and so a lot of people do things just to have a badge and say, okay, there's an AI thing. But we always start with, is there a problem that needs to be solved and how might we solve it? And so what we do is, to cut a long story short, and I'll, I'll go back, we predict now with over 90% accuracy in the UK when an investor is going to close their account. And the machine does that. We build a probability corridor. Now, what that's doing is that's looking for behavior. It's not saying this person will definitely, this account's going to close because they press the closure button. It's saying this investor is displaying behaviors that are similar to the behaviors of other people who close accounts. And we surface that to the advisor through our advisor portals, a section called Insights. And so they then get that, uh, that information and the advisor can then react to that, that information. Um, and one of the coolest things we've, we found is when we're doing that is in, the, type, in the, 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 the probability where it's not an account closure, it is something else. And typically that's been a divorce or it's been a serious ill health or it's been something else another, or, or a positive life event. And so we then reflect on that and say, well, the, we can envisage the investor at home worried about something and they don't know they need to make the call to the advisor and they don't know the call to the advisor is going to alleviate that stress. But just at that point, the advisor, because we surfaced that information, is able to pick up the phone and make contact. That's real engagement. Again, engagement, like innovation, like disruption, these are overused terms. That's genuine engagement where an advisor can connect with the client um, and just when, just when they need it. That's really interesting. Out of interest, have you had any kind of cases? Have you seen an increase in sort of things like that um, over the last few months with the lockdown and people's reaction to the impact on markets? So one of the things, and I don't want to extend this too far because we, we we're still working through this data, mm. but our general view here, based on what we can see, is people don't tend to close their, their accounts because of performance. I mean, that's a big mm. statement, but that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing that there are other things around that, uh, around the, the investor experience that's leading them to, to, to close the account. So typically, um, that might be um, a service question. Uh, that might be a lack of engagement and, and not really being sure. That might be another advisor coming in and, and starting to talk to, talk to the client um, or, or as I say, a life event. So, that's been the most interesting thing now. So we actually haven't seen a, a huge uptick in 
accounts that are being surfaced, which, which sort of leads us to the hypothesis that investment performance isn't the key driver there. Um, but as I say, we're going to do a lot more work on that to figure out what that actually means. That, that's really interesting. I suppose tallies a little bit with what advisors have told us that clients are not necessarily panicking in this crisis. Um, I wondered, uh, you are starting to convince me a little bit here if about uh, premium and its innovation perhaps maybe more suited to uh, a tactical innovator like Marco Bielsa at Leeds or dare I say Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. Out, out of interest, uh, who would you compare premium to? So, so we, as I say, we had a lot of fun with this, and, and um, I think on the, again, first instinct um, was maybe we're a bit like Villa because Villa's a it's a bigger club than you than you think it is when you take a closer look at. So this is a club that's on the European Cup, right? Um, yes. And so that's when we we saw a bit of that in ourselves. I think we we should, we we like to think of ourselves as as a kind of Leicester city, and um, that is it's not greater than the sum of our parts. Um, no prima donnas, although don't ask the team about me because I may have a different view. But, but no, no prima donnas. Um, you know, and, and a quiet overachiever. I think that's a pretty good statement for us. You know, we get on with what we do. We and, and our and our clients, and it's not just me saying that. That's how we're rated. They really those of those firms who work with us really enjoy what we do. So quiet overachiever. If that's Leicester City, then we'll happily take that. It's less city, good option. I, I'm interested by your Aston Villa comparison. As a Liverpool fan, I'm still reeling from our 70 defeat a few weeks ago. Well, look, I, I don't really have a dog in the fight. So um, I, as you can tell by my accent, I'm from Glasgow and um, there's only two teams there. And uh, we, uh, maybe as a as a Celtic fan, I'm biased by that one European Cup win that, that Villa had. Yeah. <laughs> All the Brendan Rodgers connection at Leicester City. So maybe I'm biased. Um, I can I can hear all the Glasgow uh, financial services people watching this, and some of them will be cheering on, and some of them will be turning the screen off now that I've declared my side. But there you go. And normally, I hear people say Partick Thistle then say. So. Yeah, that's the sit on the fence option, right? Or, or <laughs> I'm more of a rugby, more of a rugby guy. As, as yes. Guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. Um, well, thank you very much, Mark, for joining me today. Um, I don't have anything more unless you have any concluding points you'd like to add. Oh, look, it's, it's, um, I, I really enjoyed the conversation too. And, and it's nice to, to, to talk about what we're doing. And um, oh, thanks very much. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks, Sean.